Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Well, BC Premier David Eby has made an announcement about drug treatment, saying a new model of streamlining access to detox and addiction treatment aims to address the needs of people who repeatedly overdose, and it will also avoid the possibility of involuntary treatment. We know that St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver launched its Road to Recovery initiative this fall, and the Premier talked more about that during this announcement, saying that is offering immediate assessments and a team to plan treatment treatment and follow-up care. And again, the aim is to have that seamless transition into treatment and other services. So we also learned a little bit more about a program as well. This is a pilot program that is going to pay people who are addicted, who are using drugs. It will pay them to enter into that treatment. Well, joining me on the line now to talk more about these announcements is Dr. Julian Summers, Distinguished Professor of Health Sciences and Addiction at Simon Fraser University. Dr. Summers, thank Thank you so much for taking some time today. It's my pleasure. Uh, what is your reaction when you hear about the expansion of the Road to Recovery program and uh, some of the comments from the Premier? Well, um, having watched this um, crisis and tragedy now play out closely over a, a number of years, this is um, too little and, 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 and way, way too late. But it is very little also. Um, the, the government, uh, the crisis that we're in right now is very much a product of government policies created by the very people in out, uh, behind this announcement. Earlier, just to put this in context a little bit, we, you know, we have a provincial crisis. But if we just look at St. Paul's Hospital, where this is located, my, my colleagues and I earlier this year published the finding that people admitted to St. Paul's for addictions or uh, with or without other mental illnesses stay on average three weeks, and fully one in five are discharged to no fixed address, which for most means homelessness. No surprise, the ones that are discharged to no place are far more likely to be readmitted within the same month. Now, this three weeks is a substantial investment. This is happening in hospitals and communities all around the province. And the government has been presented with options to build up service components that were already proven to be helping people, took a hard pass and instead gambled on the combination of decriminalization and what they referred to as safe supply. As things have continued to get worse, the government's now facing a couple of potential scandals that have been reported related to those policies and, and, and how they came about. And I think this is really a very, a very small distraction from those other issues. I'm, when you say it's small, looking at those numbers, so the initial launch of beds for the Road to Recovery program, it was 34 beds. Uh, capacity, it's not even going to be, be really increased until, I think, 2025. There'll be extra detox beds, transition beds, uh, 50 treatment and recovery beds. Will that even make a dent, do you think? Well, um, unfortunately, it, it actually it can't, um, not only because of its size, but at this stage in our crisis, 
where we, obviously, I mean, I'm just going to take us to a very morbid place for a second. We've lost thousands and thousands of lives, and yet the death toll continues day after day after day. That means that around the province, each day, new people are being put at increased risk. There is no part of our provincial strategy that is focused in a deliberate and, and, and evidence-based way on risk reduction. This rollout is not only tiny, it presumes that people have already, number one, made their way to the lower mainland, and number two, are sick enough to require a hospital bed. So we're once again being extremely reactive, like I said, way too little, way too late. What do you think about the other uh, part of the announcement? And this was the pilot project, and this is set to begin next year, uh, operating out of the same uh, centre, the Road to Recovery Program at St. Paul's. Uh, This is the one that's being privately funded. It was the half a million dollar anonymous donation. But this is actually going to pay people to go into treatment. Uh. I, I, I honestly, I mean, I, I, I applaud the, the, the impetus uh, behind it, but it, um, we, we have work by, done by major uh, scientific and clinical leaders around the world addressing opioid crises, not, which are not restricted to BC, detailing what has been shown by evidence to be the most effective. We meet people through shelters, and there are ways of engaging them in um, the process of risk reduction, wellness, and long-term recovery that are well-established. We've run randomized trials in Vancouver, proving their effectiveness here. We have specialized court programs for people whose lifestyle involving drugs has led them repeatedly into contact with police and courts. And these are, and there are interventions like our drug treatment court, our community court, that provide people with pathways out of that lifestyle. And we're ignoring, essentially, the evidence base, somehow with a fixation that our best and brightest in the B.C. government and at the B.C. CSU are going to come up with novel ideas when, in fact, we don't know that they're going to work and we're overlooking things that have been proven effective. So it's a uh, it's a it's a bit of a mystery why we're perseverating in this path, but um, it's it's the path that the government has been following for many years. Is, is there some overlap, though, in the work that you've done on this and the reports that you have put forward and and given to to the BC government? Is there some overlap in in the announcement in what the premier announced yesterday, albeit on a much smaller scale? But does it look like the province is actually taking some of your recommendations or acting on some of the evidence that you put forward? No, I, I, I don't think so. What governments around the world are, are, are turning attention to is that people with very serious addictions and very serious risk are being seen in our housing sectors, social assistance, criminal justice, police, health in various ways. And they're organizing all of those, um, in our case, ministries at a government level so that they're coordinating with one another. And that's really what we recommended. It, it's, it's, a, it's a vision toward long-term recovery for people who are clearly in crisis. Um, we proposed to the government a, a, a way of implementing that. It was ignored. We also proposed that the government should use information systems. One of our strengths was that we had the ability to measure people across these different sectors. A quarter of a million people had been um, included in, in this work over two decades. 
And we suggested that the government should use that information system to routinely evaluate how things were going. Um, Their response was within a week to order us, again, after two decades, to destroy the entire database. Hmm. This was only a year and a half ago. So I I really think that this move is a tiny, tiny sliver. It's using the right words, recovery, continuum of care. It's using those things, but in such a small way as to be insignificant. And as I said earlier, really, I think, as a distraction from some of these recently reported and looming crises. We only have about a minute left, but is there something then that that could be done, you think, or, or what direction needs to be taken to actually make a difference? Because like you said, people are dying of this every day. Well, I think the first thing we, we should be doing is, is, is reestablishing our, our, evalu- our, our surveillance capabilities so that we can see how, how, many pe- how people are leaving prison or leaving shelters and what's happening to them, leaving hospital. We, don't, we, we shouldn't be a, a, a living in a place where fully, fully one in five people are, are leaving the hospital after weeks with nowhere to go, only to return. So we need to reestablish systematic measurements so we can all see what's happening, and we should be thinking... We should be taking further steps to integrating our courts and corrections, our health services and our long-term social services, and crucially, in locations around the province where there's clear evidence of need. Right now, people are forced to migrate, often to urban centers where, where, where their, their needs are not met. We need to decentralize and deploy those services early on and address that thing that I I said, risk reduction. We've got to be intervening positively, constructively, much earlier in order to address this crisis. Dr. Summers, thank you so much for making the time this morning. Appreciate you coming on the show. It was really a pleasure. Thank you.